Hey guys, this is Dee Williams, and you are listening to episode number one of the StaffingStartup.tv podcast. Let's get fired up! Welcome to StaffingStartup.tv, the podcast that gives you direct access to the world's leading recruitment, staffing, and startup experts. Dee Williams speaks with amazing thought leaders, venture capitalists, and technology trendsetters about their journey, challenges, and successes related to recruitment, staffing, and hiring. Now, here's your host, Dee Williams. Wow, what a pleasure. Wow, this is amazing. I am so excited to be here, to be in your presence. It has been a long time coming getting this podcast off the ground, so I'm super excited that it's actually happening. Ah, Okay, (laughs) so listen, you are officially listening to the first episode of the StaffingStartup.tv podcast, and I really wanted, before we got into all of the interviews, because I've been interviewing over the last few months, before we get into all the interviews, I really wanted to start this podcast out with an origin story so you understand why this podcast is even in effect. And I have to tell you that, you, first of all, when you when you listen to the episodes, like, you're going to be so amped up because I have a lot of energy. And I think that's one of the things that's missing in the world of recruitment and staffing, right? Is just having that, that energy and that passion. A lot of people come in this industry and they're here to do their job. But I believe that when you are talking about impacting people's lives and impacting the economy as a whole, that's something that you should be excited about right? That's something that you should be fired up about. So you'll hear throughout the podcast interviews, my energy going like sky high through the roof. Not even my guests, (laughs) not even all of my guests are in the place where they are matching my energy. However, they are bringing some valuable information. So Let's get this thing off the road because I really want you guys to understand why I originally even started this podcast. So um, about, let's see, 20, I've been in this industry for a very long time. I don't want to date myself because I still look good. And, <laughs> and um, I, I started this industry, I started in this industry many, many years ago when I was fresh out of school and someone gave me an opportunity to recruit. Now, when I started recruiting the first time, literally, I started with a white pages and a yellow pages. There was no Google. Google was not alive. Okay, I think the the uh, we were using Netscape at that time. I'm not sure. But Google definitely was not alive. And so we were still doing things very manually, posting jobs in the newspaper and um And using the white pages and the yellow pages to find clients and candidates and waiting for resumes to come in the mail. And then fax came along, which was really exciting, right? I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember when we had the roll paper, (laughs) you know, when the fax machines came out and they didn't even have the straight papers. It was like a roll and you just kind of had to staple it and lay it out. So I've been around in this industry for a very long time and I have watched it uh, mature and it's it's really exciting to to see the maturity in the recruitment and staffing industry and so in the last I'll say five to seven years 
I have really, oh, I guess the last 10 years, I have really taken my career to a totally different level. So not only have I recruited for other individuals on the corporate setting and in the staffing space, I also stepped out and did contract recruiting. I did consulting for some large companies on the West Coast and in the DC, Maryland and Virginia area. And I started my own staffing business almost by accident, but not really. And that was a journey in itself when I did my first staffing agency. And I did really, really good for about three months. And then it bombed. I was like, ah, you know, I had a lot of fear uh, really um, going through me. And, and I was living in it. I was living in that fear. I was loving that fear. I was embracing that fear. And I quit. And I went back and, and started consulting a little bit more and contracting a little bit more. And I was thinking, well, dang, if I can do this on my own, if I can, you know, create contract opportunities and consulting opportunities for myself, why can't I start the business? Why can't I bring this business to life in full? So I went back and uh, quit my contract again. And I started this business and this time I was still living in fear, but fear was my motivation to take my business to the next level. And so uh, one of the guests that you guys will hear when I was in that portion of my journey, he was in his portion of his journey as well. And we connected and uh, we really uh, worked with each other to, to encourage each other to bring our businesses to life. He went his way. I went my way. I did, you know, about a million dollars my first year in business. And again, it was really by accident. It was really because first I was like all over the place. I was like, I'll just take any contract I can get. I can, you know, I recruit anybody I can recruit. And it was, that was like crazy. That wasn't the best thing in, in the world to do because I was competing against these large agencies who already had this market share. So I was just trying to figure out like, how do I make this business work to where I can work from home, I can really grow the business and, um, and, and do my own thing. And I started to look at the industry from a larger perspective. I said, okay, so one thing that, that I really noticed was that everything was becoming very niche focused, right? Uh, instead of people, I guess I started like looking at the job boards and noticing that um, career builder and monster and different things like they weren't just, um, those weren't the only job boards that were being established, right? There were these companies that were popping up with uh, IT job boards like Dice, right? Dice started doing like the whole niche thing. And I was like, okay, so this looks like an upcoming trend that um, that looks like it makes sense. So I started thinking about how can I apply that to the recruitment and staffing industry? So I started doing some research and saw there were a few companies out there that were focusing on the niche. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to focus on a niche as well. And the one thing that I knew very well was placing recruiters. I knew a lot of recruiters. As you can tell, I have a very outgoing personality and um, I talked to everyone, right? So I was hanging out with all the recruiters and since I knew them, I thought, okay, this is going to be my niche. And so I really started to invest in the idea of having a niche recruitment and staffing business and focusing solely on 
on one market. And when I did that, it changed everything. My strategies became different and I was able to execute them with ease. And I really saw my business flourish. And I'm so thankful that I saw the trends that were happening in the world of recruitment and staffing because it gave me the idea to niche my business. And I did amazing. And then the unthinkable happened, like the recession came and I did the, not the smartest thing in the world to do, but I started hanging out with people's ideas. I started hanging out with people's ideas of the market crashing, like your your customers are not going to use you anymore, D, or, um, you know, everyone is cutting their budgets, D, or did you hear that we're going through this recession? How is that going to impact your business? What are you going to do about your business? And even though I had not experienced any loss or anything at that moment, I fed into the, the, um, the, the verbiage. I fell, I fell into the narrative that my business was going to be affected by the recession. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. Now I look back today and I think, well, maybe if I wouldn't have bought into that narrative that, um, that my business would have probably still been alive, but I, I did not. That wasn't the, the choice and the decision that I made. I was still living on the negative side of the train track and, um, and living in the, on the fearful side of the train track. And so slowly but surely my clients just started to say, Hey, I don't have the budget. I'm unable to do so, um, to work with you at this moment, we can come back at a later date and time. And when I got down to my very last client, I literally had a nervous breakdown. I'm going to just be honest with you. I had a nervous breakdown and I sold everything in my house. (laughs) I swear I sold everything in my house for like a dollar on Craigslist and packed my children up and moved to Atlanta, Georgia. And for about a year, I functioned in pure depression, like I'm no good. I'm not good enough. I failed. I'm a failure. And I like lived off of my savings. And then finally, uh, someone called me. I won't mention his name, but he's an awesome guy. He had been kind of stalking me for a couple of years. He heard that I was an amazing recruiter in the DMV space. And um, he said, D, I'm reaching out to you because I want to know if you're looking for an opportunity. And when he called me, I was in the parking lot at Walmart with my kids in the car. I was darn near in tears because I had uh, depleted my savings. And I said, man, you know, I'm going to take this job because I don't have any other options. And you know what? For me, I'm going to be a normal person. I'm going to be a normal person. I'm not going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to be a normal person and work the nine to five and I'm going to cook and clean all the things I weren't used to. Right. And I'm going to do all these things. And I took the job, right? I got the job. The the next day I interviewed, got the job. I worked there for about nine months and I broke a ton of records in both the direct in the direct hire space mainly. And I did really good on the contract side of the business as well. Well, I won't get into the specifics, but I had uh, someone that worked in my office uh, saw some of the things that were happening politically within the office 
to me and um, went behind my back and called another recruiter who focused on placing recruiters and said, you need to get this, find this young lady an opportunity. So uh, she did. Someone, a recruiter called me. I was not interested. I didn't care about all the politics that was in the company at that time. I just wanted to be a normal person and work my nine to five, right? Just be normal. And, um, and so she said, you know, come on over here. Let's just, you know, just interview. I think you'll enjoy the position a lot better. So I did that. And, um, I did not take the interview very seriously, to be honest with you. Um, I I was being very, uh, stubborn and I was just in a real stank, stank, stank funk. And um, so needless to say, (laughs) needless to say, I did get the job because I guess they had just heard that I was really good at what I did. So I got the job and actually my first month, I didn't do anything. I had nothing really exciting. I actually complained about everything. I hated my team. I didn't like the jobs I was working on and I just wanted, I was just, ugh. And then I talked to the recruiter and I was like, look, get me out of here. I want to go someplace else. And she said, you know, I don't even think you've put any effort into this. Like, are you going to really do this or not? And, you know, just do me a favor, go back upstairs, do 30 days and really putting forth your best effort. If you um, see after 30 days that you don't like it, then I'll put you into another position. And so I agreed to that. I went upstairs and made my first placement right at that company. And so I began to just rock it out, like really just take over my department basically and and really, um, you know, broke more records. I became recruiter of the month almost every month that I was at that company. And during that time, I met my mentor, which I'm hoping I can get him on this podcast, but I met my mentor and one day we were uh, at a Starbucks talking and he said, D, you know, you're only here for a season. And I was like, what? And he was like, and I think they know that too. Like you're only here for a season. And I thought, nah, I'm, I'm normal. I work a nine to five, I'm normal. I am, you know, this is this is who I am. And he was like, okay. And so I kept working. But the interesting thing was because of my personality, I believe, and because of the way I function, I'm a little unorthodox in my recruitment and staffing practices, I started to uh, catch the attention of a lot of uh, CEOs who own staffing agencies in the industry. And so they would call me at my desk and ask me if I would train their staff on various things, social media recruitment or, you know, how to find exceptional talent or whatever the case may be. And I would take off of work free, you know, and I would go and do these trainings. So I started getting experience there and I started to love the training aspect. And then I had opportunities in the company that I was working with to train, you know, my team, teams that were coming in from other cities and states and and different things like that. And it was just awesome. So I went to my boss and asked if I could be the company trainer, you know, recruit halftime, train halftime. And he was like, nah, you're a recruiter. What are you talking about? And so I was kind of disappointed by that, but didn't think twice about it. And so around that time, one of the companies that um, had that I had 
started working with for training, the lady said, um, I want you to come in and train my staff on whatever. And I said, okay, cool. I'll come in. And she's like, okay, um, who, what company do I write the check to? And I said, oh, don't worry. It's not a, it's not a fee. And she said, oh yes, I pay, you know, I pay for, for my consultants. I pay for, for consultants to come in for my staff. So how much do you charge? And I was like, I don't know, because I had never charged for it before. I just said, you know, I, it's, you know, it's no fee. It's, it's fine. And she said, listen, I'm going to pay you. Um, I said, I don't even have a company. And she said, well, then you have a lot of work to do. And she hung up in my ear. So I went out and legalized my business and, um, a name that I kind of had playing, um, you know, I was playing with, uh, for a long time, but didn't know what I was going to do with it, which was identifies. I didn't know what I was going to do with identifies, but so I, I legalized the, legalized the business and, I went and did the training and I never thought that that was the beginning of me starting um, this consulting firm that I that I started. Like everything just kind of happened, you know, I guess the way it was supposed to. But at the time, I didn't know what was going on. So anyway, fast forward to the conversation I had with my boss. My boss is like, no, you're a recruiter, you know, what have you. And so I was like, okay, cool, you know, disappointed. I walked away and then the weirdest thing happened. And for some of you, this is going to totally turn you off. But for some of you, you're going to totally understand what I'm about to share with you. So one day I come into work and um, the only people that were there was the management team. And for some reason, I was still in the office today. It was a few people kind of lingering around the office, but everybody was out at an event. And so in my particular department, everybody was gone. It was just me and my manager who sat catty corner to me, to the right of me. And, um, and so again, everyone was gone. So I'm sitting at my desk and I'm like typing and I hear something say, just as clear as I'm speaking to you, it's time to quit your job. And I was like, I'm not about to quit my job. And my boss popped up and said, you're about to quit. And I said, no, I'm not about to quit. She said, I thought I heard you say you're about to quit. I said, somebody said that to me. She's like, nobody's here but you and I. And I was like, are you sure? And she said, yeah. So I get up, I look at all the other cubicles around and sure enough, nobody was there, but I know I heard it. So I was like, okay, I'm tripping. Let me just go back and continue to work. So I get on the phone. I'm like recruiting. I hang the phone up and then I hear it again. You're going to quit your job today. And I stood up this time and I said, I am not quitting. And my boss said, you're quitting in the office, in the conference room. So I'm like looking around. I'm like, is one of the guys, like, are one of the guys playing tricks on me? Because they were always prank, you know, <laughs> they're always pranking me, right? And so I really thought somebody was pranking me, but nobody was there. So I go in a conference room. And my boss is like, I know you're upset about this account and we're going to fix it. And she's like trying to really like reel me in. And she says, I just got to ask, are you quitting today? And I wanted to say out of my mouth, no, because I had no intentions of quitting. As a matter of fact, she actually picked me. That's how I think that's how it ended up there. She picked me up that day from the dealership because I didn't have any brakes on my car. So I drove my car to the dealership and she picked me up from there. And so in my mind, I was or in my mouth, I wanted to say, no, I'm not quitting. But I heard that voice again. And it was like, yes, you're quitting. 
And I just looked at her and I was shaking my head no, but my mouth was saying, yes, I'm quitting. And she was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Hold on, you stay right here. So she went and called another manager in and he talked to me and he's like, are you sure you want to do this? And I'm still shaking my head no. My mouth is still saying yes. And then he calls another boss in and they bring me into his office and he's like, you know, if you, you know, if you leave, this is a staffing agency. If you leave, you won't get a pet. You won't get another paycheck. And I said, I understand. I'm still shaking my head. No, but my mouth is saying something totally different. And, um, and then um, they brought me into the big boss's office. And I think that's where the shift really took place for me because it was only two weeks prior that I talked to him and told him that I wanted to do training. And, you know, he was like, no, you're just a recruiter. So when I get in his office, he's like, what is this about? You know, you're, you're only meant to recruit. You know, he started saying little things like that, like you're only meant to, or this is what you do. And, um, and I, it just kind of, I felt different. I didn't like that, that, um, being put into that box of this is only what I meant to do in my mind. I'm thinking I'm phenomenal. I can do anything I put my mind to. What are you saying? I've owned a business before I've, I've made millions. What are you saying? You know? And, um, and so I said, okay, you know, I am definitely quitting. And he said, well, you know, you signed a non-compete and I'm going to hold you to that non-compete. I said, I'm a pretty upstanding young lady. You know, I will honor the non-compete for the next year. And he said, well, then what are you going to do for the next year? You, you, it's nothing else you can do but recruit. So you might as well go back out there, sit at your desk and get back to work. And I'm telling you, it was like a fire that was lit inside of me that was like, who the hell does he think he is? Who does he think he is? And I said, I don't know. I said, maybe I'll start my own. Maybe I'll start a training company and I'll, you know, train other people to be better than you. It just like came out. Right. And he just started laughing kind of obnoxiously. He's like, ah, da, 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 da. nobody will ever buy recruitment and staffing training. And I thought to myself, well, how do I know that? Like, I don't know that unless I try. And the reality was he was using me for, for training for his staff, right? And other people had called me and asked me to recruit, I did, uh, to train. I did it for free. And, um, you know, and then I did get one paycheck from it. So I knew that the opportunity was there. I figured I will do, you know, coaching and training and consulting for a year. And then I'll dive right back into my recruitment and staffing business. And so I quit that day. I They escorted me to my desk, watched me take everything out of my desk as if I was a criminal and I wasn't. But that's the norm, I think, in staffing agencies today because they want to make sure you're not taking their, you know, their content their or their um, their talent. Right. Or anything. So they escorted me to the door. I walked downstairs. I cried my eyes out. I was like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to get another paycheck. I have three children you know, and a dog, I have a mortgage, I have a, a Mercedes, like, what am I going to do? And, um, and so I called my, my sister's brother, I'm, I'm sorry, boyfriend, he picked me up, took me to the dealership, I went, picked my car up, drove home and like cried my eyes out. But during that walk, while I was waiting for my sister's boyfriend, I made the choice. I made the decision at that very moment in time that I was going to go home, drink a bottle of wine 
and wake up the next morning and I was going to start my journey again. That, you know, I the words that my mentor had told me that I was only there for a season really rang true in my head at that moment. And thus the birth of Identifies Consulting. And so since 2012, so my first year, I, I did a little bit of, of training. I didn't do any recruitment and staffing. I, I stuck by my non-compete, but I wrote resumes. I made six figures writing resumes in that first year. That's how I lived. That was crazy. But and also the, the interesting thing was like I went back and I built a website, my first version on, in, in Adobe Muse. I had no clue what I was doing. It was like version, I called it V1. And I sent an email out. At that time, I only had 40,000 first level connections on LinkedIn. Now I have 30,000. I'm at my max. And I said, okay, I, I told everybody. I said, I'm going to, uh, you know, I quit my job. I took the leap and I'm doing training, coaching and consulting. I was like crickets for, for like 30 days. Nobody responded, even though I had this awesome network. So I said, okay, I don't know what I'm gonna do. That's why I started doing the resume writing. But in the process, so many amazing things happened. Like one guy called me and said, God told him to find out what I offered and to buy my services. And I looked at the phone like, this guy's psycho, but anything is possible. So I went with it. He became my client for six months. That was the very first client that I ever worked with that was interested in starting a staffing business. At that time, I still didn't know what I was doing in regards to helping people start a staffing business. I was just giving him the knowledge and showing him what I did to master building my own niche recruitment and staffing business. And then uh, I had lunch with uh, the young lady who had gotten me out of that, that company and um, she had moved on to another staffing agency, which is one of the largest staffing agencies in the United States today. And she offered me an opportunity to do some training for her company and they became my first major client. And I had the ability to help them increase their revenue in the professional solutions division by millions. Just through my training, I came in and trained all of their rookies. I, um, I assisted them with their franchise. I took one of their lowest operating franchises and turned it into the second highest revenue generating franchise that they had. I did a little tiny bit of work on the commercial side of the business, but it gave me some, you know, um, a capability statement. It gave me a reference, right? And so the coaching and the consulting side started to pick up, which was really awesome. And I started picking up other staffing agencies in the area. And before long, I was now traveling all over the country training, coaching, and consulting staffing agencies, which was phenomenal. And then in 2013, uh, right after a trip, I was actually speaking, uh, doing a live event for um, Dress for Success sponsored by Walmart. I, um, I almost passed out, or I did pass out at the end of that event, but ended up going to the emergency room, finding out that um, I had cancer. Like, what the heck? When the doctor told me, I was like, you're tripping, lady. And she's like, no, you have cancer. And not only do you have cancer, you are losing so much blood at this point that um, you're probably not going to live to see January 2014. So we have to figure out a way to stop you from stop from, from stop you from losing blood to remove the cancer so that you can live. 
and it was just like a lot. I couldn't even believe what I was hearing. So I said, okay, fine. Um, but it's on one condition. You can't say that I have cancer. You can call it whatever you want to call it. You can call it another medical term. You can call it the it. I don't care what it is, but you just cannot use the word cancer in front of me because my grandmother had cancer seven times. She beat it six, passed on the seventh. Um, my great aunt is the oldest living human being in the United States who has leukemia today. She just got an award recently from John Hopkins University, um, John Hopkins Hospital. And I just know like the stigma with cancer, people think death. And I believed that I have the power to live. And that no doctor or anybody else was going to tell me that I was going to die. So I told them don't use cancer. And um, they put me on bed rest for, I was on bed rest for six months, I believe. And the first three months I was with cancer on bed rest. The second three months without cancer. Woo so um, by uh, December 14th, they were, and so seven blood transfusions later, you know, months of bed rest, uh, tons of, um, pills, I'll say, a medication. I finally got the surgery. They removed the cancer um, December, I want to say 13th and um, of 2013 or December 14th of 2013. And I was cancer free. All wow, right. And, um, and so I, during that time I was on bed rest, I couldn't travel. I was trying to figure out like, what am I going to do? And I had, you know, when I was traveling, I had met all of these people who said, you know, what do you do for a living? And I said, oh, I train recruit, I train consultant, coach, recruitment and staffing firms. I, I help build their departments, you know, increase the revenue in their departments, all that great stuff. And they were like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted my own staffing agency. Well, I'd heard it so much by the time I was put on bed rest, the only thing I could do was work from my computer, right? Work at home. So I started putting some advertising out. Hey, I'm teaching a class on showing people how to start a staffing business. Well, that went better than I thought because a lot of people apparently were interested in that. I didn't know. And, um, and they started to take my class. So originally I had classes helping people, uh, start their staffing business. And then, um, and then once I became cancer free and I was able to move around a little bit while I was still on bed rest, I didn't have the go from my doctors to be able to travel anymore. And I had stopped the business development because I wasn't sure, you know, what my outcome was going to be a hundred percent. I only knew what I believed, but I also heard the doctors tell me I wouldn't be here. So I didn't do any sales and business development. So I was almost back at square one again. So I started, I built um, a recruitment store.com, the, the e-commerce store. And I started taking all of my, my knowledge and experience and skills. And I put them into products that could be sold, digital products that could be sold online. So I did that. And then I created a video and was like, Hey, um, this is, um, you know, this is my story and I want you to go to a recruitmentstore.com and buy some products. And then I came across this guy, um, Brendan Bruchard, who was like, D, he didn't say that outwardly. I was just watching his video, but I just imagined he was talking to me. <laughs> he was like, D, you've got to start, you know, like build a membership site and put your videos in there. And I thought, oh, okay, I can do that. So I did that. I started creating videos and invited people for free to watch the videos. And as I 
added more and more and more videos into this membership site. Eventually I made it a paid site and eventually Staffing Preneurs Academy came to life where I show professionals how to take their network and their knowledge and start their very own niche recruitment and staffing business. And that has been going on since 2014 and it has been an amazing journey. I have had the opportunity to impact so many lives on a professional level. Uh, one, or two, two or three stories that I, I want to share with you that I think you'll find interesting. Um, so one of the first people that I talked to, um, his name uh, was Brian. And Brian called me one day and was like, D, I want to, you know, start this agency. I know this is something that you do. And I'm like, yep, this is something that I do. And so I helped him with his business that well, he started that business August 2014 and 2015. He didn't do anything right. He didn't do much um, in August. I'm sorry. In 2015, he did a little over a million dollars in 2016. He did one point five million and, and he's continued to grow every since then. Uh, so that was a, a major success story for me. I was like, wow, that's great. Then um, I worked with another gentleman in Delaware who was a single dad and um, raising three children on his own and um, working as a butcher in a, a grocery store. And he had this idea that he wanted to start his own staffing business. And he started that business. He came to my boot camp and I worked with him one-on-one. -on -one. And I, a year now later, he's doing probably a half a million to a million dollars a year in his business, somewhere in those numbers. And that's major for someone like him who was making $13 an hour, you know, struggling every day. His life has completely changed. You know, I can, those are just two stories that I'm crazy about, right? Because I love those guys, but I could go on and on on and on about all the people that I have helped over the last four years and just impacting their lives and growing their businesses. I haven't stopped working with staffing agencies. I still travel across the country supporting staffing agencies, helping them grow the revenue in their department. It's very interesting because now uh, some of the larger agencies call me and say, okay, tell me about your niche model and how can we incorporate that into our business? How do we get our recruiters niche focus? How do we get sales and business development niche focus? What was your process? How do we do that? So that's really cool. And um, and so, you know, this has been amazing. So anyway, so that's where we are now. I still get to recruit and staff every now and then only with my favorite clients and for my customers. But I mainly focus on consulting and training and coaching and I absolutely love it. I have a whole empire here around recruitment and staffing training and you know I decided that you know I'm always telling my students start a podcast, start a podcast, start a podcast, put that into your strategy. It's it's so imperative. And then I thought, well, why am I not doing it? Because my staffingpreneurs, my newbies, a lot of times they are RNs, they're attorneys, they're IT consultants, they're healthcare IT uh, project managers or analysts, they're executive assistants, they are, um, you know, engineers, mechanical, electrical, they are CEOs of, of companies that 
you know, are are building a product or service and they're trying to fund their company and looking for a way to do that. So I'm I'm dealing with all of these people who've never done recruitment and staffing on any level, but they have a network and they have knowledge of a specific industry. And I have a YouTube channel and, you know, I, I give away free content there. I have the membership community. I give away paid content there that's more advanced, right, than what you would find on my YouTube channel. But I really wanted my members, my community, my staffingpreneurs to be able to hear about the industry from a very different perspective. I want to enhance their knowledge. I want them to think of things from from many different perspectives. I want them to hear many different perspectives. I want them to see the technologies that are out there that are there to support them in growing their business. I want them to hear how how individuals are um, have, individuals have these concepts about you know talent management, about you know A talent, B talent, C talent, about how to recruit, about how to sell, about what it takes to be a startup, you know how to how to how to get funding, all of those things. I wanted them to hear it from another point of view. So staffingstartup.tv came into effect, and I put the .tv on the end because we actually I want some of the interviews are. Are, are able to be viewed live or I guess not live, but we recorded them on video on our YouTube channel. So it's staffingstartup.tv YouTube on, on YouTube. And so that's why it's staffingstartup.tv and the podcast is here and it's coming to life. And I just want to encourage each and every one of you to take an opportunity to listen to every freaking episode that we have. And I want you to go to the website and, and to, you know, put in your suggestions about the types of things that you want to hear about. If you are in the market to start your very own niche recruitment and staffing business, this is the podcast for you. There are tons of podcasts out there about recruitment and staffing, but how many do you find that are talking about the startup journey of recruitment and staffing or really guiding you as a startup to help you think strategically about how you want to find talent or how you want to recruit or how you want to tap into your niche market and to give value to your clients and your candidates and and, and getting you fired up in the process. How many podcasts can you find out there like that? Only one, staffingstartup.tv. So that's how this podcast came to life. That's my origin story. I want you guys to be inspired, to be motivated, to take your business to a totally different level. And I am so thankful. I'm so proud. I'm so honored that you guys are allowing me to walk this journey with you. So today, ladies and gentlemen, today, today at this very moment of time and in time and space, I would like to cordially invite you to listen to StaffingStartup.tv, the official podcast. My name is Dee Williams. I'll be your host throughout this journey. Bear with me. I was kind of new with some of these, so... Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to seeing you in the next podcast episode. Welcome. 
Thanks for listening to the StaffingStartup.tv podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like more information on any of our stories or would like to know how to get involved and share your story, head over to our website at StaffingStartup.tv. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and please leave a five-star rating and a super awesome review so others can enjoy the show too. Check out the live video footage on YouTube. Have a great week and we'll see you next episode.